Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. My name's Nick Ponte. I'm here with Stephen Clark. How you doing, Stephen? Good, Nick. Good to see you again. How are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. Uh, we've got a, a good topic of discussion today. It's just myself and Stephen. Today, we're going to be talking to you about investing in property remotely and how you go about that, what to look out for, the advantages, the disadvantages, and the different steps and tips that you can take uh, if you're looking at that sort of thing. So, Personally, we've got some experience in this, Stephen. Obviously, you're in uh, the Aberdeen market. Absolutely. And I, I think a lot of our guests, um, recent guests as well, have all invested remotely. So it seems to be quite a hot topic. And I think because of the diversity of Scotland, you know, the four main cities are spread out. There's there's tourist areas where people can invest in essays. You've got cities like Inverness that are kind of far outreached as well. Um, so I think it's quite a topic. And the... The, la- the latest guests that we've had on, um, Darren and Gillian Green, they're investing in HMO down in England. We had um, Elsie, who have obviously got a portfolio in Glasgow and live in Warrington. Who else have we had on recently? We've had... Loads loads of people. Hi. Hi, a lot of investors remotely, so it's been quite an interesting conversation chatting with other investors that do exactly this. So we thought we'd do a, a podcast covering the topic. I'll tell you one thing, I do struggle a bit, and you know this about me, right? I do struggle a bit with the mindset, and it takes a certain amount of mindset to get yourself out of the, oh, I'll just invest in my local area, because obviously you know your local city, and you know where the good areas are and the bad areas. So for me, I have recently thought that I'm missing a trick here, basically, because traditionally in Glasgow, over the past, whatever it is, the time that I've been investing, I've been quite lucky. It's always ranked quite high up in the kind of top five areas in the UK to invest, right? So I've been quite lucky that that's been on my doorstep. But obviously recently with the market being so hot and myself trying to pursue the BRRR strategy, it's been getting harder and harder to find the properties where you can add the value. And then I'm looking at people like yourself, Stephen, who are investing up in Aberdeen. And obviously that's quite remote for me. That's what, say, what would that be, a three-hour drive or something yeah, like that? Yeah, almost, yeah, two, two, two and a bit, two and three quarters, yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking I'm missing a trick here and I've been watching you guys scooping up the deals up there. So it's something that I definitely need to open up my my horizons to. So, uh, yeah, let's just talk a little bit. I think you're right though, Nick. You, like, for for me, I've always fancied investing in Glasgow, but, you know, Glasgow's the biggest city in Scotland. You've got all on your doorstep, such a diversification of properties, property types, you know, huge diversification you can invest and probably stay there your whole life investing but like you're saying right now the market's so hot you're even struggling to find deals in glasgow and southern areas so it does make sense to try and diversify a little bit and go and invest and invest further afield yeah i think obviously if you've got a lump of cash there you're looking to get into high yielding property that's going to do well in capital growth then glasgow's for me still a great option and obviously i help people acquire properties um, you know, clients of the Arc Property Letting Agency who are looking to build their portfolios and stuff. And, you know, occasionally, like two years ago, I just bought a property just that was £70,000 and it didn't need any refurbishment at all. And I just put down the 25% deposit and I just added it to my portfolio just because I thought it was in a great location that's got the chance to go up in growth. But, you know, if you're really looking for those kind of burst strategy opportunities, then there's probably definitely easier places to invest right now, I would say, i.e. Aberdeen. So let's just talk a little bit about how how have you managed to uh, invest in Aberdeen so far and, and what are the kind of key uh, things that you need to get in place, say, top tips? 
so I think the first top tip I think for version remote is having good people on the ground. Like if you're if you are um, if there's a distance between you and your investment area, it's important that you have the right trusted people on the ground. So people like your letting agents, estate agents, builders, sourcers, these kind of guys, you need to have build up relationships with the right people to have there because they're they're going to be your eyes and ears on the ground for your property business. So that's definitely the the focus. Whereas if you were investing like like myself and like Nick um, in your own areas for for years, you don't really need to rely on these relationships because you're on the doorstep. You can go nip in and check on something, or you know the area. You don't need to to rely on a source or bringing you a property. You know if the area is good or not. Whereas if you were rem- investing remotely, you need to trust these guys and have the, the right guys on board. Nick, that'd be the first other thing. I think the key thing is you can actually do so much without even actually visiting the city, wherever it may be across Scotland or the UK, just from your own desktop using the internet, there's so much research you can do to get a pretty good hand on what's going to work. So like Stephen says, pick up the phone, speak to local estate agents and letting agents and just find out what are the areas to invest in. Go on the groups, the Scottish Property Podcast Facebook group, try and ask a few questions on there. You know, whether it be Dundee, Aberdeen, Glasgow, Paisley, whatever it is you're thinking of investing. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. If you're investing remotely, the, the your, your, your network's going to be so important. So like you say, um, property investing's come and come at the dark age of the last 10 years because of social media. So we have got good groups available. Scottish Property Podcast Facebook group page is phenomenal. Um, you can see where people are investing, where the chats they engage in. So you can easily connect with these people on social media and, and message them or arrange a call. And people are more than willing to help and chat about the area they're investing and share their experiences. So, so yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I think we're so lucky in Scotland as well because we've got the home report too. So that can be like another level of due diligence that you don't necessarily have to be on the ground viewing the property. That almost gives you a backup. I mean, obviously you'll be wanting to try and get somebody to go out and do viewings on your behalf, i.e. probably, you know, a sourcing agent or the letting agent that offers that service. That would be a kind of thing where I would start off trying to find somebody who could do that. If you're, if you don't, if you, if you're, you know, more than say, I don't know, a two or three hour drive from the area, or if you live abroad or something like that, and it's just not going to be feasible for you to go up and do viewings, then what can people do? to get somebody to go and do that on their behalf. Yeah, absolutely. Get your letting agent to go and nip along and see a property or or, or build up relationships with the right sourcers, trusted sourcers or investors that are in the area investing themselves will have deals come to them that maybe either don't fit their criteria or they're kind of already heavily exposed. They don't have enough capital or they don't have resources to take on another project. They might happily say, you know, you know, I'll take a couple of grand for uh, for this one. Um, so yeah, getting the right relationships um, with people on the ground is so important. But you kind of touched on it there, Nick, as well about the micro economies. And when you know your own investment area, you know the, you know who's the main employers. You know what's the main industries in your area. Where's the main schools and the transport links and stuff like that. You know all this. Um, when you go into a new area, it's kind of important to figure that stuff out. And, and speaking of line agents are, are are key because they'll tell you the areas to avoid the ones that are in high demand, the ones that have got potential for capital appreciation. So yeah, getting, getting a bit of due diligence on these on these micro economies in your new area that are going to invest remotely and is uh, so important. I think just keeping an eye on the, on the right move, on the, you know, draw your uh, area on right move and set up your alerts and just see how quickly the properties are moving. 
you know, and if things are just flying on and off, then you know that it's a good area to, to invest in a popular area, especially when you do your comparable research as well and the right move sold prices. If there's a lot of recent sales, then you know that that's quite a, a buoyant market. You know, you won't have a problem if you have to come to sell the property. We kind of indicators like that you can look mm-hmm. out for as well. And then obviously, you know, doing your research on the rental valuations, obviously your letting agent or your sourcing agent can help there as well. But from all these people that you work with, if it's a new relationship anyway, I would certainly advise you want to be doing that extra level of due diligence on top of that. You want to be just verifying that and double checking that right at the start. I think if you've established the relationship and you've been working together and it's like this, the third or fourth deal down the road, then you can obviously have that trust. But I think right from the start, you should definitely be verifying everything, right? Yeah, definitely. And and, and I'm, I'm always kind of key in, in, when I speak to people, you know, I'm a mastermind group as well, I say the same thing. If you ask a letting agent or a state agent or a source or, you know, an opinion on a property or an area, you've got to bear in mind that property is so, um, you know, it's an opinion. It's like arseholes, everyone's got one. So verify it. Like, like exactly what you said, Nick, go and pick up the phone to another letting agent and say, you know, I'm looking at a property on this street. Is this, got, is this a good area for rental demand? They might just say no. Another person says yes or vice versa, but they may have had a bad experience or they may have bought one and, it, and you know, they got burnt on it or something negatively happened to them that gives them a negative opinion on that street or that area that might not necessarily be a bad street. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's important to do to do plenty of due diligence and double check it when you're first starting out to make sure you're getting the right relationships and, and, and starting with the right footing. You call me an arsehole. <laughs> Right, so there's there's a guy who recently contacted me uh, down in London, right? So he's got he, he bought a couple of properties down in Ayrshire, like pretty shit properties, and they've not been working for him. Not saying Ayrshire's bad, by the way, anybody who invests in Ayrshire, but it's it's they're pretty bottom of the road, like one bedrooms that he probably picked up for about 15 grand that he's having problems with, and he wants to get shot of them. I think he's nearly sold sold the portfolio. And uh, he's looking into investing more centrally in Glasgow. And he was asking me about figures and all that. And he, he doesn't really know Glasgow. And he's, he's done a couple of calls with me, just asking loads of questions, which is fine. That's what I'm here for, to help. But he couldn't get his head around that you can actually get, you know, buy something at £70,000 and get £550 a month rent. Uh, because he's just used to London prices and London rents and the yields down there. So if you look at the yield tables in London, it's probably like, I don't know, you're probably talking about 3% yields or something like that. And up here, he's like thinking, well, I can get 8% yields. I mean, obviously, he had a bad experience down there, sure, and that's why he's selling up his properties. Uh, and he just couldn't believe that it was as straightforward as that. So um, sometimes it is just about reassuring yourself with the right people as well. Um, and again, that can be built with trust and just working and getting referrals and looking at reviews and things like that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I must be getting brave um, because um, I've just purchased or, or I'm in the process of purchasing a property in Ayrshire. So it's the first one that I've put into the portfolio. Um, and, and, and you're exactly right. Um, doing the due diligence in the area and, and speaking to letting agents to find out if you've got a, a high rental demand you know, for that area and, and doing your own due diligence. So no, that's good. Because you, you you see from the other side then from from clients coming to you because you've got a lot of investors that invest in Glasgow that you can source properties for and put into your your management agent. So you you'll yeah. see this from the other side. Oh yeah, totally. But I just touching on the Ayrshire thing and all that and like you know 
it's quite easy for people to tar an area all with the same brush. So, for example, you'll get a lot of uh, people down in England that see properties and say, for example, Port Glasgow, right? This is a prime example. So they'll see these properties in Port Glasgow and it will be, you know, £5,000 for these flats that are getting demolished in that, you know, that area that people yeah. keep posting on in the, the Facebook group. So you can buy a one-bedroom flat in Port Glasgow for £5,000 and people are like, oh, is this all right? You know, there must be a catch. You're like, aye, there's a catch because there's a bulldozer going through it in a couple of months' time. <laughs> so what I'm saying is just because of that, it doesn't mean to say that Port Glasgow is not a decent area to get a, a decent high yielding or high cash flow and buy to let. There is good areas in Port Glasgow and Greenock and Ayrshire. Mm. But again, it's just like, for example, Glasgow, right? If I'm buying in, um, I don't know, say, for example, in East End of Glasgow, there's certain streets in East End of Glasgow that you would try and avoid because you know that they've just got really bad problems or they've got even just a couple of tenants can pull the whole street down. Yeah. So it's no, about having that local knowledge. No, absolutely. And it's the same with areas in Fife as well, like um, leaving Methyl, Buckhaven areas um, towards the East Nuke. They're, uh, they're notoriously kind of bad areas, but not all it's bad areas. There's, yeah, there's some bad streets, but there's some great um, properties that you can invest in and get great returns on. Yeah, so yeah. I think you've got to keep your mind open there and you've got to not think just because you've seen a bad example of a property in Ayrshire or Port Glasgow that that area is closed off to you. I mean, it is quite good. I, I would say, like, I mean, I would really recommend if you can, you should go to the town or city where you are investing at least once. I think that is beneficial just to get a real good feel for it. But it's not absolutely essential because if you think about the information that we've got available at our fingertips now in terms of Google Street View, how much stuff, how much information can you get just from going on Street View and going down the street and looking at the way people keep their gardens and their driveways and all that? There's a lot of telltale signs there. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head with that. The, the Street View, the Home Report, um, a letting agent on the, on the ground, like you can pick up the phone or email or go, you know, it's all at your fingertips now. So the, the Facebook group pages, other investors, like it's so open now to remotely invest in as maybe years ago that it wouldn't have been such a such a done thing. And you maybe would have left yourself exposed by not knowing the areas and not knowing people on the ground. Now it's so easy to connect with people. You were talking about, obviously, the way that I help investors buy buy-to-let property in Glasgow and acquire them properties and then manage them. Now, I would say that's quite a good way of somebody who is a bit unsure about the whole process, because if you think about it, if I'm finding a property for somebody, I don't want it to be a, a total shithole that I can't rent out, or I'm going to have to rent it to a poor quality of tenant who's going to struggle to pay the rent, because that's just going to cause me a headache because I'm managing it. Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit different. If you're working with a sourcer who's just going to take a £2,000 sourcing fee or whatever, then they're like, that's not my problem anymore. Then you obviously need to carry out a bit more research, I think. But if you're working with an agent who's doing the whole process for you and getting you a turnkey property and doing absolutely everything from start to finish, I think you can, I wouldn't say 100% rely on them, but I would say there's more chance that they're going to get you a decent property. Yeah, that's a really great point, actually. It's something I should have touched on as well when I was talking about letting agents, because you're absolutely right. <laughs> the letting agent's not going to give you a turd because it's then going to be their job to manage it and give them headache as well. So, yeah, that's a really, really good point, actually, Nick. So that would be an example of a kind of turnkey property situation. What if you are wanting something where you're going to be carrying out like a full renovation or you're trying to add value to the property, which is a lot of the stuff you're doing up in Aberdeen? 
What's the key to success there? So it's still the same um, network, but you've got to add in uh, builders or trades to use. <clears throat> now, your, your letting agents are going to have guys who will do, you know, joiners, sparkies, plumbers, who will do their maintenance. And a lot of these guys will take on renovations. So you could start with your letting agent and say, look, I'm needing a kitchen, a bathroom fitted in this property. Could you assist me out? And if, if the letting agent is getting the management of the property at the back end, and maybe even takes a few hundred quid for a project management fee, then it's in their interest to make sure they do a good job and get the property done, you know, a decent standard at the right price for you as well. So, yeah, that's definitely the, the person I would add into that mix of people in your um, in your network would be trades on the ground or or a builder on the ground or somebody that can take on the full project for you. I would definitely say once you start adding in renovations and that refurbs to the mix, it definitely starts getting a bit more complicated. But I guess. It's really as complicated as you want it to be because if you do find a good builder and you establish a relationship, then I guess you could just, you know, you could get lucky and you could just have it all done for you from start to finish without being on site at all. You're quite hands-on because you kind of like to keep tabs and you do drive up and down. Uh, But I guess it's just finding that somebody who's reliable and we've talked about as well, they're obviously taking a margin as well. So you need to make sure that if you're employing a project manager or somebody to manage the whole refurb then it's still going to work out in terms of the figures as well that's something to think about yeah absolutely and if you're paying 10 percent of the project the development cost or the renovation cost to a project manager remotely it's sometimes money well spent in fact you couldn't spend better money if you're spending 10 grand on a renovation and you give somebody a grand to project manage it you don't have to be there or drive back and forward or get a flight out or something like that that could be to could be worth its weight in gold Guess it depends, yeah, how much you value your own time as well. Do you know what I mean? If you don't have the time, you've got a high-paying job, then, like you say, it's money well spent. Um, I mean, we've touched on tips, obviously, to find good people to deal with in the past. I think we've got an episode on that, so go back and check out that. Yeah, I think it's building your power team on a previous episode. You know, tips to find good builders, good letting agents, that sort of thing. So you can go and check that out. The beauty of the, of the, the Scottish Property Podcast Facebook pages that people post up pictures of their, their renovations or their projects in a certain way that they're working on. We like to encourage all the people, all the, the, the members to showcase their, their, their case studies because it helps inspire other people. But also if you can see that someone's done a flat in Glasgow or Aberdeen or Dundee, wherever you're looking to invest, reach out to them. People are more than willing to happy and chat and engage. And if you say, look, I found a street in Dundee and I'm, I'm looking to buy this flat, they'll, they'll maybe give you a bit of an opinion and say, yeah or no, or I can help you. I can give you a, a joiner or a sparker, a plumber or a builder. So, so yeah, um, these these pages are so useful to connect with different people. And if you think about it, the Scottish property network is so small. Everybody knows each other. So if somebody's been burnt or if somebody's a bit of a cowboy, then there's more than likely we'll know about it. Do you know what I mean? So reach out to myself yeah. and Stephen as well. If you're thinking about working with somebody and you're not too sure, uh, then you know you can always hit us up for a second opinion as well. No, absolutely. We're always here to help as well, guys. So I think that pretty much covers it. I just want to speak a little bit. I meant to say at the start, but my my only experience, which is probably why I've been put off the whole thing uh, of investing in remote loan property, was back in 2006. Uh, I actually put down a deposit on a ski chalet in Bulgaria, believe it or not. <laughs> Do you remember when you used to get these kind of... Uh, yeah, the email sent through. The emails and also they used to do these things like you used to go to like Brayhead uh, in Glasgow. They would have these big, um, 
what do you call them, big trade halls where you went in and they'd have all their stands for buying property abroad and all that when they had, when remember these programs are all popular, like placing the sun and buying mm. property abroad, investing property. And uh, I got wrapped up in the whole thing. I got on a mailing list and then I put down the deposit. I think it was about £1,500 or something like that for the deposit. And then you were buying the ski chalet off plan. It was it looked amazing from the pictures, man. And I just got into this dream. And then I got the legal pack through to eventually progress on to the next stage. And it was just all in Bulgarian. And I was like, ah, this was before you had like Google Translator and all the rest of it. So I was like, ah, how do I get this verified? Or how do I get a solicitor to check this over? Because they were like, oh, we provide you with a solicitor and all that. I no bother. So <laughs> I, I basically shot myself and pulled out. And I'm so glad I did because that was just pre-crash. And I don't think these apartments that I basically bought actually went ahead and got built in the end because I think they probably pulled the funding and all the rest of it. And I've since heard a lot of people who did progress with it lost like, you know, 20, 30 grand, mm. you know, of their, their money. So that was a close shave. And that's probably why I haven't looked at investing remotely ever since. But... <laughs> uh... Good, good, uh, good to share the, the pros and the cons, mate, as always in the Scottish Property Podcast. That's it. So if anybody's got any questions regarding that, uh, let us know. We'll certainly try and help. If you are a little bit unsure about, you know, network, obviously Stephen's got a good network up in Aberdeen. I'm in Glasgow helping people invest in property um, and we can definitely help. And if you look back at our previous episodes as well, we've gone around quite a few different cities We've it's, covered the four main cities in Scotland, haven't we? With uh, and bringing in expert speakers from each area. Okay, guys, I hope you find that useful. And just wanted to ask you once again if you could spare a minute to leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. That'd be much appreciated. Uh, we've had a wee message in from Philip Stewart. He said, "Hey Nick, just wanted to message you to let you know I'm loving the Scotch Property Podcast. Had a proper binge of it today while driving to two properties, a three and a half hour round trip." Uh, and just been chatting to Stephen about his workshop. So hope you are doing well. So yeah, that's what we were just talking about. If you are doing remote investing and you are making journeys to up and down the motorway, to and from wherever it is, then get the Scottish Property Podcast back episodes on. <laughs> Brilliant, guys. Thanks for the message, Philip. Cheers. <laughs>